This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. That some Eurozone countries are in recession again is no surprise to Christos Patelis. Europe, he says, has been suffering for a number of years from a competitiveness gap when set against emerging and other economies. This has not been addressed sufficiently, says Dr. Patelis, who holds up as an example what he calls the famous Lisbon strategy. This was designed to turn Europe into the most competitive economy and knowledge-intensive economy in the world by 2010. That strategy has not achieved, and there's now a new growth strategy in place that is aimed to address some of these issues. As a result of the economic crisis, adds Dr. Patelis, some very tough austerity measures have been applied in a number of countries. These do not help, and in many ways, make things worse. So, are austerity steps serving any useful purpose at all? The question with austerity is to the extent that it's linked positively with structural measures and discipline at the macroeconomic level, it can actually deliver the goods. But when we are talking about very deep austerity cuts, which are happening at such fast rate that they put tension to the ability of governments to simultaneously take other steps that improve the structural competitiveness of the economy, then output is going further down at a very fast rate, the economy is not picking up, So in that case, austerity becomes a a bad thing. This is now recognised by almost everyone. What's the answer? You must realise that the problem is as much political as it is economic. Uh, For example, lending countries, they have to cater to their local populations and electorates. These electorates, especially in Germany, after having gone, having done what nobody else has done, that is to accept wage cuts or at least small wage increases 10 years ago when everybody else was having a party and enjoying the growth. These people are very correctly unhappy to have now to be bailing out other people. So in this context you can't keep these people unhappy and you have to play ball. How do you play ball? By buying more time. This buying of time at the moment is taking place with a private sector, private sector initiative in Greece, a form of uh, reducing debt. Uh, currently, an extension of two years, and attempts to find money to cover the gap in different ways. For example, like reducing the interest rates, but not really with a proper, what we call official sector initiative, that is a proper reduction of debt. Now. The IMF says quite correctly that unless you move in this direction, you don't really solve the problem. Now, moving in this direction is politically lethal for a number of countries. So this is a dilemma. My feeling is that eventually we will move in this direction, especially when borrowing countries have undertaken the steps they have promised to undertake, and the problem of elections is not so huge anymore. So, this is not the solution per se. The solution is development, and on the issue of development and growth, Europe has to do her bit. Germany has done well for herself and has done well for the Europe as a whole by undertaking or by pursuing a competitiveness strategy which simultaneously is based 
on keeping costs low and improving the quality of the products and of services. Therefore, providing value for money, goods and services. Now, this is a model everybody should follow. But it is not very fair to say when we were doing this, you were not. But now we are not providing you some know-how and assistance for you to do this. And the reason for this is that the competitiveness model of Europe is supposed to be for Europe as a whole. So there is a responsibility at the European level as well. This responsibility does not only have to do with the structural problem that you have monetary policy uh, without fiscal policy at the level of the nation. It's also linked with the fact that the competitive strategy of Europe as a whole has not been disseminated and the steps have not been put in place for actually, and the pressures and the sticks and carrots for countries actually to implement them. So there is an across-the-board responsibility and you can't just deny this. But there is a north-south divide, isn't there? The southern countries who are not able to be as competitive as Germany. Uh, it's more complex than this. I mean, competitiveness is determined by a number of factors and they do not necessarily have to do with... They do have to do with manufacturing. Germany is very good with manufacturing. It does have to do with a strong, a strong uh, small and medium-sized sector where Germany has also done very well. But frankly, you can be competitive in the sense of being able to, to increase in a sustainable way per capita incomes, let's say, with a number of ways. By exploiting your existing comparative advantages, trying to develop some new competitive advantages that build on strength, undertaking some sort of positioning strategies, using vehicles like clusters, like attracting inward investment FDI, and actually trying to specialize in what we call today global value chains or global production systems, in what we call bottleneck assets, that is, activities where you have such a strong comparative advantage that nobody can actually, for a period of time, imitate you. If you take, for example, the case of Rolls-Royce, Rolls-Royce is, is now having a, a number of bottleneck assets, like some parts which nobody else can do, even if they know how to do them, it will take them 10 years. But at the same time, it has a business model innovation which is based on, 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 on the manufacturing expertise, in order to provide services to the customers who are buying air, air engines. Now, this business model innovation is very difficult for a competitor to replicate, and it's based on the existence of a manufacturing base. Now, all of these things anybody could do. Southern countries, for example, they can leverage the competitive advantages they have in some very specialist agricultural products. They can leverage the fact that they have often a very sort of... Uh, Proeminent past civilization, culture, sun, and all of these things, specialized tourism. So they could have a positioning strategy like this. There is nobody to stop anybody from developing clusters and ecosystems in agribusiness products, for example, in wine, in honey, in, uh, in all of these in specialist cheeses. And basically, if you do this and at the same time you create what we call a bottleneck asset, something that you cannot be outcompeted. And this could be done through a brand, for example, or through a particular product actually being associated only with that country, then you actually become competitive, not necessarily by following the German or a different route. There are many routes to competitiveness. The question is that in the past, countries have not done this, staying 
happy that the economy, the global economy was growing and not realizing what Schroeder, Schroeder in Germany realized that emerging economies were becoming very competitive. You could not longer compete just with the products and the services you had. You had to move to more specialized products in manufacturing. You had to keep cost low and you, you, you need to increase the gap between quality and cost and provide value for money services. The Germans have done it in where they have comparative advantages. Everybody else could do it in where they have comparative advantages. Europe should coordinate these efforts and make sure that this happens at all levels. The fact that they are not doing it is also their responsibility. I'm not denying that there is responsibility in the borrowing nations and there is a gap, of course there is, and of course they have a huge responsibility, But this also is a very complicated issue because you can see that countries like Ireland, for example, or Spain, has not suffered so much because of excessive borrowing. They have suffered because of housing bubbles and other problems which were not really related to the public sector itself. So we have to look at the big picture and to realize how we deal with this. And also, if you take it a a step further, Some of the problems are not just economic, they are also political. They are linked to corruption. But discussions about corruption at the moment are limited to a number of individuals who are corrupt. There is the party that receives a bribe and the party that provides a bribe. And being in a business school is very important for us to emphasize corporate social responsibility and to ensure that nobody is paying bribes either. This programme was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.